We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my lovely listeners and incredible friends. I hope you're feeling sweet, solid, centered, and peaceful inside of yourself. You know, most people would agree there's a lot of chaos and craziness on our planet. And years ago, I found it rather profound and revelatory when my teacher said peace and happiness are inside jobs. So is it really possible to reside in a place of peace and joy despite what is happening around you? Today, I can say for myself, the answer is a resounding yes. So now the question becomes, are you ready to claim a life of joy, celebration, and immense value? Are you ready to know yourself, love yourself, and feel truly free? I heard this quote years ago that really resonated for me. So many of us are like princes and princesses playing around trash cans. So how can we shift this posture and claim our rightful place as royal heirs to the universe? How can we remember and embody the truest truth of who we are? That we are, in fact, the children in whom God is well-pleased. Here to answer these questions and provide clarity, altitude, incredible wisdom are two of the most conscious people I know. I've had the privilege of being in a classroom with them and learning from them for about six years. And they have certainly helped me clear my lens of perception, untangle my issues of worthiness, ascend in my consciousness, and manifest a life of celebration, joy, fun, freedom, and peace. And I'm so honored and so very excited to be sharing them with you. We are here with doctors Ron and Mary Polnick. They are the pioneers and worldwide leaders in the field of spiritual psychology, as well as teachers and facilitators of awakening in consciousness. They are renowned educators, authors, and the founding faculty and co-directors of the University of Santa Monica, where they designed, developed, and facilitated educational programs in spiritual psychology for the past 35 years. Ron and Mary are both licensed marriage and family therapists, and Mary is also a licensed clinical psychologist. They are the authors of Loyalty to Your Soul, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology, published by Hay House, and available in 12 countries and eight languages. And their latest book, Remembering the Light Within, A Course in Soul-Centered Living. So Dr. Ron, Dr. Mary, thank you for being here on another show of Journey to Center. We just can't stay away. <laughs> I mean, it's really such a joy to be with you. Oh, I'm, I'm just incredibly honored. I mean, you guys, again, have been the most profound and influential teachers of my life, and I just thank God for you. So it's exciting to have this conversation and share you with our audience at Empower Radio. Well, it's great to be here. We, one of the things we love doing the most is sharing what we know. Yes, and you do such a good job. So again, you know, years ago when I stumbled in the classroom and you were talking about peace being available to us, peace is an inside job. And my life was not peaceful at that point. And I I tried really hard to argue with you. And I'm happy um, to admit that you got to be right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, let's talk about this inside job that is peace and happiness and how we can start to claim that more for ourselves. 
The way that uh, most people have been brought up, I know it was certainly true for myself, uh, the world out there is where we are operating, and what's happening out in that world is what determines what's going on inside of me. So if I win the lottery, I'm going to be happy, and if I uh, fall down and break an ankle, God forbid, uh, I'm going to be not happy. And and it's this outside-in approach, whereas what's going on out there determines what's going on inside of me that is a major part of most people's upbringing. But what I think if people stop and think about it for just a second, and I ask the question, well, where do you actually have the experience? The only place you could ever say is inside of me. It's never, I never experience it out there. It's always inside of me. And then it becomes the question, well, if that's true, might there be ways I can work with me inside of me independently of anything that's going on out in the world? And if that were true, that might be possible, or then it might be possible that I could simply do the work necessary to become a fulfilled, happy person, no matter what's going on out in the world. And as you well know, lo and behold, that turned out to be true. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> so we, I can go ahead, Mary. Well, I'm, I'm, and um, really the choice to take responsibility for what's going on inside is one of the most empowering choices that someone can make. It is truly a, a game changer because from that moment on, then you are no longer a victim. There, you recognize these things that are surfacing within my own consciousness, the hurts, the disappointments, the resentments, the whatever it is that's coming forward, is my God-given opportunity to heal myself, to let go of the misunderstandings that have fostered those feelings in the first place. And it's like getting a, a get-out-of-jail-free card, Tammy. It's, yes. It, this is a real game-changer. Yeah, it's freedom. It's claiming freedom, freedom for ourselves. Yes. So I can look back now from this, um, I guess, more healed place and realize that a lot of my pain came from simply not liking myself or loving myself or understanding my value. And, and something you guys talk about and write about in your book, unworthiness is a case of mistaken identity. And I think so often we're an ego trying to prove our worthiness, but we don't have a deeper sense of innate value and worthiness. So can you talk a little bit about that and how we can start to open to uh, a greater sense of self-love and, and value and worthiness? Well, the, the ego has its own story, and it's a story of misidentification of who we are. Mm -hmm. And part of that story is that because uh, I'm not who I think I should be, because life hasn't delivered to me the things that I want, that somehow that is evidence that I'm unworthy. But really, yes. unworthiness is a misperception. And when we're in a state of separation from the loving that is our essential nature, where do we hang out inside? We hang out in dissatisfaction, in feelings of lack of fulfillment. And 
And underneath all of that is just a deep pain of unworthiness. But it is a case of mistaken, mistaken identity. We've identified with the mind and with the emotions rather than with the authentic self, with our essential nature, which is joyful, creative, resourceful, loving, wise, uh, amazing. And when we hang out in that other state of consciousness, it's just that state of separation, and we feel the anguish and the suffering of that state of unworthiness. And when we talk about mistaken identity, (coughs) excuse me, When we talk about mistaken identity, I mean, we really mean it. It would be, see, if you have a sense of yourself as unworthy, with the approach that we've all been brought up with, you then have to go about somehow proving that you are worthy. And so many of us go out and we try to get out in the world, and that's going to be the proof. Mm -hmm. But it's absurd. it's, It's as absurd to attempt that approach as it would be if I were to ask you, uh, if I were to say to you, prove to me that you're human. I mean, how could you ever go, well, I breathe, and that's the proof. Or, I mean, you would, never, you would never ask that question even because right. it would be so obvious. Right. But we've come to believe that somehow on the inner in the spiritual, that's not true, that somehow uh, we, we have, we, we're unworthy to begin with. And unfortunately, there are a fair amount of systems that are in place as we grow up that reinforce that notion that there's something wrong with us and that we have to do certain things in order to make it right. And we find that that is simply a false belief. Uh, it's, a, it's a doctrine that, that experientially uh, proves out to simply be not true. And when people step into the truth, oh, my God. Is that a moment of liberation? I remember it well. <clears throat> so um, one of the things that I learned um, in your classroom that was incredibly helpful, I think it's the, it's the healing elixir for judgment and shame. It's forgiveness and then compassionate self-forgiveness. You want to talk a little bit about um, those healing exercises? This, uh, this was a uh, realization we came to over time. Uh, when we started out, we were doing forgiveness. <clears throat> and, but the more, we, the more we got into that, the more we realized, if I say I forgive you for that terrible thing that you did to me, on, in one sense, that's okay because you really, uh, you know, and people say, you mean I have to let them off the hook and... You know, we said, well, no, it doesn't work that way. See, if I forgive you for the terrible thing that you did, I'm still, I still have it defined in my mind that you've done a terrible thing. So that's ego-level forgiveness. True forgiveness is compassionate self-forgiveness. In self-forgiveness, I'm not forgiving you for the terrible thing you did. I'm forgiving myself for ever assigning terribleness to the thing that you did. That is what is known as letting go of judgment. Letting go of judgment. And we've all heard, uh, don't judge. And it turns out that that is a really great admonition. However, most of us didn't listen very carefully, and so we grew up judging a lot of things. 
So every time we make something wrong, we are entering into judgment, and the emotional consequence of judgment is always suffering at one way or another. And why do we say compassionate? Because the truth of the matter turns out to be that everyone, no matter what they've done and no matter when they did it, was really doing the best they knew how to do at the time, just as we are. And so we have compassion both for ourselves and for other people. So with great compassion, we let go of the judgments that we have created inside of ourselves towards others, towards situations. And Tammy, that is the hardest uh, realization for people to move into. That takes some doing. Some people get it right away, but by and large, most people do not. It It takes takes some practice. Yeah. Well, and and I do. It it really is the antidote to emotional suffering. Compassionate self-forgiveness is a healing bomb, and it's uh, it's the way we let go of judgments. It's the way we let go of misunderstandings, misinterpretations that we've made in our consciousness. But one of the principles of spiritual psychology is that healing is the application of loving to the places inside that hurt. And compassionate self-forgiveness is the primary way, the most powerful way I know to bring loving to the places inside that that there has been hurt. And, you know, this is, uh, as Ron said, this often takes people a little time to embrace because we're so used to the blame game, to yes. making other people wrong and feeling victimized by things that have happened. But if we continue in that story, we're just going to experience more of the same. We keep attracting the same experiences over and over again, really yes. in an effort to get our intention that that approach is not working and that we can shift to a different way of seeing, to a different understanding of who we are, about what life is all about, what these challenging experiences really are, the opportunities that they are providing us to let go of these misinterpretations of reality and our judgments of ourselves, the world, God, other people, situations and circumstances, and come into cooperation with the first law of spirit, which is acceptance. Acceptance doesn't mean resignation. It doesn't mean being a doormat. It doesn't mean that we're in agreement with challenging things that have happened. But rather, it has happened. So now we have a choice about how we relate to ourselves as we heal from it and as we go forward into the future. It's so true. And what I have found, uh, the compassionate self-forgiveness has helped dissolve uh, my internal um, sense of shame. And that has been so liberating. And the vision that comes to mind for me is I've done the work and I've applied the principles that you've taught. It's sort of like going higher in a high rise building. Instead of seeing things and connecting with people from the first floor, I went to the fifth floor and now I'm up on the 10th floor and I hope to go to the penthouse. And really who I attract, what I attract and what I see from this higher place is so much more beautiful, so much more 
sweet and graceful and gentle, and there's so much synchronicity. So it, it's uh, it's an incredible journey, and it does seem to get easier the more we practice it, the more we apply the principles. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, because these these uh, these principles and the practices, the tools become integrated as a way of being and a way of life, and we're living inside the spiritual context with the awareness that we truly are divine, and so is everyone else, and that Earth is a school, and each Mm -hmm. one of us comes with our own unique curriculum. We come with the things that we're here to learn, Mm -hmm. that we're here to heal, but we also come with gifts. We come with things that we're here to contribute and to share. And part of doing this work is that really liberates us into the greater awareness of the giftedness of who we are and the ways that we can contribute and assist in this process that's going on worldwide of the greater awakening of humanity, which is what you're doing, Tammy, through this, your beautiful work in this wonderful show that reaches out to people around the world. Yeah, that's my intention for sure. So after I did a show with you guys a couple of years ago, I really sat with something you said. I do that a lot. Um, And you said we incarnate for a few reasons. Um, I think one is to clean up our karma, you know, our spiritual curriculum, whatever that might be. The second, to learn the lessons of love. The third, to share our gifts. And the fourth, to have a good time. But it's hard to have a good time if we haven't done some of the work with the first three. So something you guys talk about that I feel is so helpful, it's using unresolved issues. And you refer to unresolved issues as anything that disturbs our peace. Anything that brings us a sense of upset is actually an opportunity or even a blessing for us to heal further. So I want to, I would like you uh, to speak to that a little bit. Sure. If the, if the, if our essence is love, if our essence is love, then our curriculum is composed of situations, circumstances, uh, whatever is going on there, designed for one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to assist us in moving into deeper and deeper and deeper awareness of our loving essence. You could say that it's like, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's like a ladder that you climb. Uh, you get really high up. You, you're in the uh, arena of all the realized beings of all time. You're in the Christ, the Buddhas, the, with, with whoever represents that for you. So everyone is on some rung of the ladder. So let's say I'm on rung 432, and I want to get to rung 434. So I've got two rungs worth of learning of things that I didn't really know all that well before, and I'm going to master those now. Mm. So one, let's, let's say those rungs consist of learning how to be a more kind person, being kinder. So the curriculum that I will, that I will draw to me would be experiences of unkindness, right. unkindness. The more that I can heal and work with those judgments that I have about unkindness, the kinder I automatically become. A really good analogy would be you go into a room that's pitch black 
and you flip the switch and the light comes on. Let's say that that light switch is on a dimmer, so you can really vary it going up into brighter and brighter and brighter. So you have to have the experience of the relative lack of light in order to understand that there could be more light. In order for there to be light, there has to be the experience of darkness. There really is no such thing as darkness. We can only measure light. Darkness is a linguistic convention, so we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Sim- the same thing could be said for heat and cold. There's no such thing as cold. It's a, it's a language so that we can talk about it. And you, you know, it'd be funny to walk around and say, well, gee, it's uh, five degrees of heat today. Woo, I'm shivering. And we, we, we need something more than that. Right. But we're really dealing with only one dimension and greater levels of that one dimension. Love is like that. There's no such thing as, uh, as um, bad. There's no such thing as evil, really. These are linguistics that we can talk about for experiences of the lesser experience of love. And so we come into this, what we call curriculum, and so the lesson, I want to learn to be kinder. All right. So I need to look at the places in life, in my life, where I've been less kind than I would like to be and begin to let those experiences go as well as my judgments about them and start behaving in a kinder way. And that way we build kindness. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're bad for being unkind. Uh, we're at the level that we're at. There's no good or bad in that system whatsoever. And our view, Tammy, is that the work of healing of our unresolved issues really is spiritual work. It is one of the ways through which we can awaken. And from our point of view, there are three primary ways. One of those ways is through meditation, spiritual exercises, whatever spiritual practice a person does consistently on a daily basis that can include prayer. A second way is through service. Service is such a beautiful way to um, assist others on the planet. And, and service really is the consciousness of, of doing good works with no thought of what one will receive in return. And then the third way we can grow really is through this inner work, this recognition of some of the unresolved material that we have in our consciousness and uh, bringing forward the, the tools and the compassion and the acceptance, the forgiveness that helps us let go of the judgments and let go of the misidentification with the pain and suffering that we are carrying. And, yes. and this is a happy day. When we begin to learn how to do this work, we were with the first-year students this past weekend, and of course this is the seventh month of their work in the soul-centered living offering that we have at USM. And oh my goodness, these students are beginning to fly, Tammy. Mm -hmm. And it's such a joy to see them starting to really catch on and recognize their own limitation, their own 
uh, and to do the work of cleansing their own lens of perception and forgiving the judgments, healing the hurts, being willing to go to those places and bring forward the compassion. That's healing. There was actually tears coming to my eyes. One, uh, One man was sharing about how he had been estranged from his son, and as a result of what he learned and been practicing this far in the class, he reported to everybody that his son was now living with him, and they were just they were just really getting along great. It's what so, a thing! It was so beautiful, Tammy, because his son is 18 years old. They had not spoken for six months. The son had been out of the home, living someplace else, and the student said, "What I did." is I, in every encounter or communication that I had with him, I looked for the loving essence, which you know is the most foundational basic skill that we teach. It's, it's that whole thing of being able to look with the eyes of your heart, to look for the spiritual essence in another, to look from inside that place within you where you are that loving essence. And it's yes. just can change a relationship any day of the week. It doesn't matter whether it's family or friends, someone at work, a stranger. It changes relationships. I think it changes the world. Yes. It's incredible. It's incredible. Okay, I can't believe this was probably the fastest show I've ever done, but we are at the end of our time together. So, Ron and Mary, quickly, where can people find you and your books? www dot university of santa monica dot edu the website tells you how to order the book and the website gives you information about programs and offerings at the university and this august we're going to be doing our annual loyalty to your soul weekend so people can really come in and see what this work Mm. is all about experientially the great introduction It is the greatest gift you can offer to yourself. I would say receive this with grace. If you're ready, these are the teachers that can help you ascend. Thank you for the work you do, Dr. Ron, Dr. Mary Holnick. I love you with my whole heart. To my listeners, thank you for being with us. I hope you're inspired as well. God bless you. Take care of yourself. Onward and upward. Bye for now. 